what's up it's your favorite family box <laughs> the pressure is on me what's up it's your favorite family podcast keeping up with the browns my name is darius brown i'm a police officer and my name is micah brown and i'm a classroom teacher and we are advocates of change so breaking the cycle is um what we're focusing on today and um the title of today's podcast is the cycle that we're breaking and so Breaking the cycle actually means um, that you're not participating in dysfunctional or unhealthy behaviors. Often such behavior is commonplace in one's family, and the person breaking the cycle does so does so to keep it from continuing throughout their future generations. Um, and so that's what we're going to focus on today is how, how do we do that in our youth? Thank you all for being a part of our podcast today, Breaking the Cycle with the Browns. Um, we are here, episode two, and enjoying it so far and make sure that you share the podcast listen share with a friend share with a parent thing we did a um during this week we really we did some surveys with some professionals in the area in the state um outside of our state and who really work with kids and we wanted you to know um what cycle are we talking about what is the cycle that you're talking about and so we're going to go over some of the um uh, feedback that we got just some patterns that professionals are seeing today and um, that they would wish that would stop and just some patterns that they wish would start because some of the stuff that our kids are doing are good. They're doing a lot of good things. And so we're going to talk about that today and uh, we won't share everyone's name or just to keep their confidentiality. And we just want to just share the information that they sent us. Um, but we have a lot of good stuff. So let's dig in. All right. So, um, one of the people that I asked um, about patterns that we would wish to stop in our schools, um, we're going to start with the things that we don't want to see anymore um, with our kids' behavior. And so I asked a couple of friends that are teachers um, with a couple years of experience, um, three or four. And so one of them said, um, one thing that I wish that would stop is entitled behavior. Some of our youth are used to getting their way, and parents give in to what's easiest. Children expect the same treatment at school. Bad behaviors begin, and tantrums become a normalized thing. These behaviors include throwing things, crying, screaming, and most importantly, disrespect. Um, another, like a thing that we constantly um, teach, you know, in our group is how do we respect others? How do we respect our peers? How do we respect adults? How do we respect our teachers and our parents? Um, and a lot of them, you know, they don't. They don't even know if their parents care. You know, like some of them, the students that we teach, um, we we have a variety of students that come from broken homes or, um, you know, two parent households, to single parent households to, they live with their grandparents or their aunts. And so it just really depends on what are they actually getting there? You know, where's the start coming from? Yeah. One of the, um, the surveys that I did, uh, and she said that I could say her name. So it's going to be Miss Shirley Langston. She uh, is a social worker. And um, for many, many years, she's run a nonprofit. She's worked for Baylor. She's worked for Waco ISD. She's awesome. And her feedback was uh, students feel entitled because they don't have someone that um, are making them responsible. They have uh, bad habits. Let's get back. And she wrote down, let's get back to eating fresh vegetables and garden. Stop eating processed foods. Everything from a package, nothing homemade anymore. Three, solving everything through acts of violence. If you hit someone, I have to hit them back. We have no conflict resolution skills and no communication. No value of education. To be smart is not to be cool. 
Parents allow ch- children to be absent from school with no consequences, no respect for themselves, especially adults. Curse, talk, back, scream, lie, fight, no respect for authority, no moral, um, no more values, say anything, wear anything, and do anything with no restraint, have no goals, short-term or long-term, no aspirations, no career, and don't even know what they want to be when they grow up. And so... um that was one that I was like, oh, I really could relate to that. <laughs> All that. It was kind of harsh and kind of hard to, to to read, but that is definitely some of the cycles that we're breaking right now um, because we, um, we're we advocating for that. <laughs> we're advocating for that to stop. Micah, you want to share another one? Um, well, I want to kind of go off of that one yeah. because, um, you know, a lot of times as a school teacher, um, when I was in the East Waco schools, you know, my kids uh, – would be like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fight back because, you know, I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm going to fight them. And I would always try to go like, I understand that that's, that's all they're used to. You know, that's what they were raised on. They were raised, some of them in the streets, some of them by parents that were in and out of their house or their aunts and uncles or their grandparents or anything like that. And the generation, the generational pool that they have um, with their kids is definitely upon the kids that I teach. You know, that's, that's what they see every day. And so, but I would try to teach them, you know, like you're in fourth grade, you know how to use your words. Like we have to go back to the basics a lot of times because they don't understand that. Like we, we can't assume anything with our kids because we really don't know what they know and what they do know and what they don't know. You know, we want them to know the good things, but do they really know that? Not always. And so we always kind of tell them like, you guys are old enough to talk, like communicate with each other. And we've talked to our kids about that. Like communication is such a big part and I think we undermine it. And so how can we do it in a positive way? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I have another one from a teacher um, in the New Mexico area. And um, she said, the patterns in youth that I've seen that I wish would stop is the hierarchy of cool kids and the kids that don't make the cut. It seems as though the cool kids tend to be the troublemakers when in all honesty, the cool kid, the coolest thing is kindness. Kids should be considered cool for being kind and hardworking and respectful. Um, and so a big thing about that is, is like, how do kids learn that? How do kids learn how um, to be hardworking, to be kind, to be respectful um, when they have no role models in that? And a lot of our kids don't have role models in that. Um, they may have parents that are there, but they might not be role modeling that. They might not be role modeling that that behavior and that's positive or reinforcing them to be positive in their own atmosphere. And so um, parents need to really understand that when you commit yourself fully to raising your children, um, positive effects will happen. And if you don't, someone else is going to raise them. And um, as a teacher at an East Waco school, um, I felt a lot of times that not only was I a teacher, I was a parent. Um, and parents would come up to me and say, Hey, you can, you can whoop my kid. It's not a big deal. But I would say, that's not my job, you know, like, and so it would almost be like, they would want to just reduce their job as a parent and, um, and their kids would hear that, you know, and it's as a kid, I can't imagine, you know, having a parent just want to just step away. Like, I just want to not be a parent. I just want someone else to raise you. I take you to school. They work with you more so they can raise you. And really that's. That's the sad truth in some kids' life. Yeah. Um, one survey that I did, she's a, um, a child 
advocacy worker, counselor, and she wrote, uh, one that stands out for her is a disconnect between um, youth and parent figures. She said that um, a cycle that she would wish to break is youth and parent figures. Uh, she said youth and parental figures seem to be more isolated and disconnected from each other. There are less connection uh, and more time with video games, cell phones, uh, occupy their time. I see in here s- such things as a decrease in min- meaningful car rides in to and from school, family dinners without cell phones, and reduced parental involvement within the schools. Granted, in stage uh, within this stage of development, youth are developing a sense of self and personal identity, and their peers' relationships are their main influencers. So that one that is one. We did so many surveys, and we got so many back, but we're just picking out a, a couple of the ones that are highlighted that that really hit home for me. Uh, that is so true. Like the kids look at their friends and say, "I want you to tell me what to do." <laughs> You know, and I want you, I want, I want, I want to do what you say. And I feel like that should not be the case. Like we should not be allowing uh, children, the blind to lead the blind. <laughs> and so um, that's one thing that we are seeing that we want to stop. <laughs> and I think that the more time that we spend as a family together, the more time, um, and like, like she said, the more time we spend with our families, we're going to pick up on that character. Mm-hmm. That's going to be rooted in our hearts. When we, The more time we spend with our mentors, that's what's going to be rooted. But if we're not spending time with our children, then what that does for, for our children is say, well, I'm going to find something. I'm going to find a behavior, and I'm going to attach to it. <laughs> and one time at church, I, um, I heard um, this pastor say that when, when children um, that are around you, they are around you to see how much they can get away with. Like the moment they the moment they get around you, they want to see how much what's their limit, because your part your your job is to be a guardian, and so he was just like they want to see how much they can get away with. They're gonna see how much they can do, and and nobody say well, how much you're gonna let them slide. And so I was like, wow, that was like mind blowing to me. I'm like, that is so true. Children, when they get around you, they they want to see can I get away with this. <laughs> and you're not going to say nothing? Perfect. Now I know my limit. And so just keep that in mind because um, the kids that we deal with on a daily basis, um, they definitely want to know how much how much, how much, much can I get away with and nobody cares. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, some of the times we, we want to ask the question like, okay, well, what about those parents or those kids that they're never, ever going to have a positive impact at home? You know, so what if they are – impacted by their peers so much and we see that and so whenever we are at boys and girls group or in the community we want to connect them with friends that are going to be positive we want to make sure that hey you're want to you want a friend like here's a really good friend um we want to try to make our girls and boys group or any kind of community event um, accessible for them to make friends that can lead them in positive directions you know because we know that sometimes they're going to go home and it's going to be the same thing over and over again and that may never change for them and so we want to make sure that when if that outlet can't work what's the next outlet that we can really plug them into to have a positive impact on their life yeah because uh friends I'm, I'm a firm believer you are who you hang around i mean i teach my kids all the time like you know what sometimes you're guilty by association not because you did something wrong but simply because you were at the wrong place in the wrong time and, and law enforcement we'll talk about that in, a, in episodes to come it's just like having 
being in Rome has the wrong time. You can be completely innocent, but if you with someone who is stealing or has drugs or robbing someone, you are considered an accessory to that crime. So you are going to get the same charge as the person who got in trouble. So um, that is a huge, huge key. Um, another thing is um, we were reading through some of the surveys and we were just seeing how much social media has um uh, one of my police officer friends who is in in the Dallas area, he says that social media is just like kids are watching that and they are Major wanting, they, yeah, they're being heavily influenced and they want to do anything silly because they're like, that's what gets attention. That's, that's, that's what is hot right now. And that's what has a lot of likes and views. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be a part of that. And so our parents who gave birth to us, who we live with every day, should be the ones who we're getting life from, not from social media. Um, social media is a powerful tool that um, we all enjoy, but I feel like that sometimes, I mean, they can have so many challenges on here that has no sense, <laughs> and it could be dangerous, but they want to be a part of it because it gets attention. Yeah. I know a lot of the things that we were sharing, just like, oh, that's just so petty and it's so minor. But the big cycles as such as poverty, incarceration, um, teenage pregnancies, dropouts. Um, I was reading this week where it says, like, in our city, is um, the crime rate is 61% higher than a national average. And so um, to break those cycles, um, we start with those small things, being influenced by friends. Um, we talked about um, them being influenced by social media um, and their peers. And their yes, and so um, we're gonna show some some positive things because there's a lot of positive things. I don't want to just get on this negative run of everything that our kids are doing because we'll get we'll get overwhelmed by that. There are some good things that our kids are doing that we want to talk about, um, and some of those things. Um, that came up over and over and over up on our surveys were that kids are highly um, intellectual today more than they were before. Like kids can be entrepreneurs today. When I was a kid, there was like little to no chance for me even to become an entrepreneur uh, at 10 years old or make money at 10 years old. And so now kids are becoming famous <laughs> on, you know, being, um, on social media or having video a, games, video games. Um, they are being um, entrepreneurs, creating different lemonades and having having dreams as a kid. And so that's some fun thing that we want to share um, about the kids, what they're doing today. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start with um, how we talked about earlier patterns that um, we wish would stop from different people that we had. um Surveyed, but now we're going to talk about patterns that they wish that would continue. And so, um, one of mine is uh, kindness towards others that leads to more friendships and less bullying. Um, I love seeing children help others, especially new kids. Children realize more than we think when it comes to social interactions. If we keep raising our youth with kind intentions and being good examples of that, the future is bright. Um, and so, as a teacher, um, you know, it's it's such an important job. You know, our kids are with their teachers eight hours a day, sometimes more if they're in tutoring or if they're in sports, they're getting influenced by a coach. And so um, they are in a 
relationship with somebody that is building them or tearing them down. And so um, kindness is such a huge thing that as kids learn from their peers, they're going to listen to that. They're going to listen to their teachers. They're going to listen to social media. And kindness is a thing now that um, it's almost far and in between that you see it. Um, you know, we we teach our kids every um, so often, you know, hey, we're going to go feed the homeless today. Hey, we're going to go make cookies for people in our community. Um, and little things like that, they really actually thrive on. They like mm-hmm. doing it. Yes. And um, they they love seeing it in the schools. And when we do, like, fun outreach activities, um, they're just really involved in it. And so yeah. we would do um, at our school a Christmas exchange where um, teachers would actually bring in old gifts um, that students could buy with, like, incentive prizes that they had won over the six months. And they would buy it for their families. And so it's so encouraging to see, like, even though they might come from really negative places, they are still willing to give. And we want to really hone in on that kindness and that giving. Just being intentional with it. I think um, as leaders of the community, as parents, um, whoever, we um, being intentional and teaching them kindness, like, it's okay to be kind. (laughs) Sometimes with my kids, I say, hey, guys, we're going to have kickball and kindness day. Um, and so we have a short lesson on, on kindness and then we'll go play a game of kickball. <laughs> and I said, but when we play kickball, we still have to be kind to each other because kindness is something that is super important. One of my, in one of my surveys, um, a social worker for 15 years, she says a pattern that she would like to see that continues seems to be, um, students accepting each other, um, whether it's interracial dating, sexual orientation, I feel like students are much, much more accepting of their peers uh, than they, now than they have been in the past, and I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Like, um, in in in, rela- in how it relates to kindness, just kids, kids now they don't care where you are, who you are. Uh, a lot of kids now they could accept you for whatever stage you're in. So. It's much now easier to be confident. You don't have to kind of um, go into like the same mode of being like every kid. Like if you be who you are, you still be accepted. So because mm-hmm. c- kids are doing it every day. Yeah. And I feel like in our society now, we've made it more acceptable to be people outside of the box. You know, like, hey, it's OK that you're different. And um, it's OK if you are friends with somebody outside your race. It's OK if you um you know, like different people or aren't friends with the same people or you like art instead of math, like that's more acceptable or you are more scientist than you are um, and you're a girl and you're not, you're not into writing. You know, it's more acceptable for that stuff to happen now. Yeah, I like that. And I also uh, like the fact that um, some, some, some of our, our people that did our survey, they said that um, more people and programs are available now than never, than ever before. And that mm-hmm. is such a blessing. Like even like with our program, we always tell people we don't compete. <laughs> we want more programs to come because the more the better. We yeah. can't get every kid, but our whole goal is to help other people start programs, and we want to help other people win. <laughs> and there's enough uh, kids for everyone to have a program. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you're super passionate about it and you want help, and reach out to us, and we'll help you get started. We're we're all. A, uh, one family and so mm-hmm. um, there's more programs people who are stepping up advocates who are stepping up um, in schools there's more programs in schools than ever before yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people who did our survey they did say that like I mean you can get education early you can get uh, I mean college hours and certificates way earlier than you could so encourage your kid to do that just to break the cycle yeah 
Um, another one that I had um, for having positive outcomes um, was from a social worker in New Mexico. And she said, things that I wish that would continue is more courage, vulnerability, and seeing adults respond in the way that brings healing. Um, and I think as an adult, even I'm guilty of it, where, um, you know, we have a long day and we're, you know, we're doing stuff and we're busy and, you know, we're not being 100% involved in our kids. Um, and I'll catch myself even, I'm not a parent and I can catch myself in boys and girls group or, you know, when I'm being with my kids in my classroom. Um, and so I really have to like break that cycle within me to be more intentional with the people that I'm involved with. Even if they're not my kids, I still want them to have a positive role model even more so than just even if they have a great parent or if they don't, you know, it makes it even more important if they don't, but if they have more of a, um, a society around them that is positive, they're more likely to succeed. And so mm. whenever we involve, um, like how Darius was saying that we want everybody to have a place in a child's life. We are mm. not competing because when they have more positive outcomes, they're a hundred percent more likely to succeed at whatever they desire. Yeah. I remember when I first started law enforcement, my, and I was like super nervous cause I was 22 years old, just like a rookie off the streets. And I didn't know what to do, but my police sergeant told me that if you can learn how to do threats, assaults, uh, drugs, thefts, then you can be a good police officer. So those are the main three things that everyone, uh, that the, the main three crimes that across the board, assaults, thefts, and drugs. So, if you can't do anything else, encourage children all around you to stop those three, because those are the three things that the most common cause of law enforcement, whether it be, you know, threatened at school. They the kids just say when we were reading those surveys, and they thought like, kids just say anything and do anything. And then assaults. If you touch somebody and they it's an unwanted touch, that's considered an assault. So they can file charges on you. And it could be hurtful if you assault someone in your home. That's family of violence assault. And it could be, like, ridiculous towards your record. Like, those are some big things that I've always wanted to share um, to hundreds of people because those are, like, people do those things and don't think about it. Drugs, it could get on your record and never come off. <laughs> and people think, oh, it'll come off. I can just get it expunged. Or, like, let's stay away from it. Let's walk the straight and narrow because you don't want that on your record. And people say, oh, it's off your record. When I do my, when I do um, a history check on you and I look at it, it's not, it's, it's still on there. <laughs> like, believe it or not, like they say it's off your record. It's still on there. And mm -hmm. so, um, just my mom used to tell me like, she was like, Hey, as a African American boy, you need to walk the straight and narrow because you don't know <laughs> what could happen. Mm -hmm. And so, I encourage that. Like, number one, just raise your kids with everything that you have in you. We talked about that earlier. With everything you have, that is your number one priority job. It's not nothing that you do. It's not how you look. It's not how cute you are. Like, we are encouraging everyone to just put forth everything in kids because um, a short story for myself, I, I realized how important it was that my, my mom invested in me. My mom and my dad really invested in me well to where, like, I grew up and got a job. Uh, graduated police academy and my mom had a stroke and I was like 22 years old and my mom had a stroke and she could, she could, she had to get rid of her, everything that she had and she had to come live with me. <laughs> and so at, at one point, think about that because your child, you might be dependent on your child one day. 
And if you don't raise them up to succeed, then you're, you're going to be in trouble because if my mom had not put all she had in me, then she, we both could have been out on the streets. Mm -hmm. Like there's going to be a point in life where you, you may need to depend on them. And so raise them to that standard. And I, I'm so grateful that I was able to step up for my mom. My mom didn't have to work for a year because she was young and had a stroke at the, on the job and everything was going good. It was a normal day. But when she came out of the stroke, she couldn't speak. She couldn't write. She, it was like in a lot, a lot, um, you know, that we had to go through, you know, medical bills and, you know, her not having a, a full time job, you know, but she raised me in a way um, that I was able to go back and help her. And, and now our relationship is even closer. So think about those things because it's not, we're not just saying, oh, break the cycle, break the cycle, uh, because for no reason. <laughs> like, there is a reason for this. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we think that, um, you know, oh, maybe it's not doing anything yet. Um, you know, maybe they're hearing me, but it's not getting to them. Um, and so that's a big thing that I hear sometimes. Like, I say it over and over and over again, I don't see change. Um, and I think that sometimes we just get impatient with change, right? And so um, we even have a girl in our girls and boys group. And um, every she's only in third grade. And um, her sister has been in my class, but she's younger. And um, the other day we were talking about dreams and goals. And she told me, Mr. I want to be a police officer. And... Um, and I said, wow, that's really awesome. And she sees Darius be a police officer. But not only that, that his role model ship reminded him in her family, there's been multiple generations of police officers. And she said, there hasn't been one recently, and I want to be it. And she's in third grade. Um, and so whenever we think of maybe it's not going through, sometimes another positive door opens for them to actually be, it just opens a new world to them. Yeah, they deserve it another way. Um, there's a quote that I read recently that says a child is not going to remember what you bought them, uh, but they're going to remember who was there for them. And um, that is so important because I think a lot of times like our parents generation or the, the, I mean the parents today and uh, my, even my parents, they, they had a mindset is I'm going to work really hard so I can give my child everything they have. <laughs> like I want to give them more than what I had. And, that's not always the case. That's that's not always what's best for them. Yeah, we want our children to have good things and we want our children to, you know, have nice clothes and look good. That is that's really important and we want to roof over their head and, and but sometimes we can take that to an extreme where we work seven days, eight days a week and we don't see our children. And we're like, Well, I working for I'm working for you. But sometimes they just need you there. So be intentional yeah. with that and don't let that job or career get in the way of who your children are. Because even me, I don't, we don't have kids yet, but I'm already looking down the road and like, I'm not going to overcommit to a job more than I commit to my kids. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's it for today about breaking the cycle um, with the Browns. And we hope you enjoyed it. And um yeah, just be a part of the cycle that we're breaking. So thanks for sitting in with the Browns today. Oh, and um, please go into Rogue Media and um, just, you know, show them some love and um, really listen to everybody on their streaming and um, rank us five stars and then five stars and we'll be really grateful. Thanks.
This has been a Rogue Media Network podcast.